So we're glad that you're here. We're in a series today called Holidays. Uh, it's our second part of this series. Last week we talked about traveling light. Today we're talking about stress less. Come on, somebody. Stress less. Everybody say that with me. Stress Yeah, stress less. And so, come on, how many know the holidays can be a stressful time? Two of y'all. Okay, all right. So I'm going to sit down with y'all. Y'all can counsel me. It can be a stressful time. And, uh, And so to prepare for this message, I had all my scriptures laid out. I was ready to go. But I really felt like I wanted to kind of tap in to find out a little bit from you, really what's been stressing you out this holiday season. And so... We have an OSC Facebook group called OSC Jennings EFAM, uh, which we would encourage you to go and uh, come join our group. It's literally kind of a, an insider's group for people in our church to just kind of uh, share things that are going inside of our church. We have our Facebook page for those outside of our church, but we have a group uh, which has got about almost, I don't know, 1,200 people or so that I often will use to find out a little bit of what uh, I, I need some help on for the sermon. And so I, I did share a little bit of that. Um, but before I do that and I jump into that, I wanted to give you some really exciting news. If you haven't heard, uh, this Thursday, I got a really exciting thing. If you haven't heard, JJ Nestor coming in on Thursday. So for the last year, we have been praying and planning and preparing to bring on another pastor onto our team. Pastor JJ and his wife are from South Africa and, uh, they got their visas. As you can tell, finally, they're really, really excited about it. And so you'll know JJ, he'll be the six, six foot guy. That's got a three foot beard. And so that's JJ. Come on. How many know he's going to fit right on in? So I told pastor Bob, I'm going to take him duck hunting. We're going, we're going to get him. We're going to get him fully engrossed in the South Louisiana culture, but he's coming on. He's going to be overseeing our dream teams and life groups and so many other things. And I'm going on vacation for three months. And so, uh, peace out y'all. This is my last time. No, I'm joking. So, uh, I'm excited to have them. So they're going to be here. So really pumped to have it. So let's get back to the Facebook question. Let me show you something real quick. So here's a question that I asked on Facebook. The question was this, Hey, OSC family, I need your help. What causes you the greatest stress during the holidays? Be honest, be honest. 75 of you were helpful. Thank you, first off, for that. I really appreciate you. Every time you share insights, I read all of them. I go through every single one of them. Do you know what the number one was? Money. Money. Who put money? Let's just be honest. Be honest. Who put money? Money's a stressor. It can be a stressor. Over, over 50% of y'all put money. How many know that can be definitely a huge stressor? Buying gifts, buying the right gifts, make sure I get the right gifts and make sure that it's the right one and can we do it and can we afford it? Christmas is the only time where we buy things and we pay for it in 2019. <laughs> Truth or 2020 or 2022 and Depends how how elaborate you are, but money was a huge thing when it came to it. The second thing, though, was which was actually a bit um, surprising, was actually what people would say is buying gifts was a stressor. How many agree buying gifts can be stressful? Buying the right gift? Do we get the right gift? Do I get the perfect gift? Can we have the right gift? Um, How many? How many? The stress of family that buys gifts for your kids, now you feel obligated to have to buy it for their kids. Y'all know what I'm talking about? People buying stuff for you, like, I didn't buy for you. Then they they surprise you, and the stress that comes with that, make sure that you buy for everybody. And then another thing, of course, is the family drama that comes with the holidays. How many know, how many of you go to like three or four different family Christmas stuff because your family's all divided and everybody's like, she's divorced him and she divorced three times. And so you got three, three grandfathers and two uncles and you got to go to all of them. Come on. How many know what I'm talking about? 
And, and then, of course, then, they, then the family puts the guilt trip on you. Grandma's dying. This could be her last one. And you need to drive to New York to come see her. And then you feel, come on, how many of you know this is real life, right? You feel the pressure and the stress of having to go and meet everybody and say hi to everything and make sure that you eat your grandma's casserole because she's going to ask you. And all this stuff that happens. On top of that, come on, how many of you know one of the biggest stressors can be Christmas family photos, has anybody tried to take family photos with children? It's like hurting cats. It's, it's, you're trying to get them. You're trying to get, you know, you're trying to get, got to pick the perfect outfit. And then you don't want to be too matchy, you know, and then you got to find the right place. And then you got to get all the family together in the same place. And man, it's just stressful. It's a very stressful season, stressful time of the holidays. And however much it can be extremely wonderful and extremely great, it can be extremely stressful. And I, I love what scripture has to say about this, about the arrival of Jesus, of him coming. 700 years before Jesus showed up on the scene in the book of Isaiah, there was a prophet named Isaiah, and he says something. And this is a very, very familiar passage. And by the way, if you were here at the women's event on Friday, how many ladies were here on Friday, Friday night? Come on, ladies. And so uh, Miss Tracy shared this, this passage. I just want you to know I wrote it first. And so, um, <laughs> just kidding. Actually, God wrote it first. And so... Um, Isaiah chapter 9 says this, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. The government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be Wonderful. Everybody say that word. Wonderful. Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Think about that in the most crazy time of the year that we have these descriptions of who Jesus would be. That he would come and he'd be a wonderful counselor. He'd be a mighty God. He'd be an everlasting father and a prince of peace, of peace. And I thought about this idea of, I mean, a wonderful counselor, a counselor, really? I mean, counselors are great uh, and, and counselors are incredible. Think about all that counseling can do for our lives. Counselors, they, they listen to your problems. They let you flesh out some of those things. You, you can kind of process life with a counselor. Think about that, that Jesus, one of the ways that God describes Jesus is that he's going to come and he's going to process life with you. Think about that, that he's a life processor, that he's going to give you direction and guidance. Come on, how many know counselors are good? Great. By the way, if you don't get counseling, it's, you do need counseling in some form. Whether it's professional or biblical counseling, counseling's a great thing for all of us, but this says that God is a counselor, that we're talking our life through G with Jesus. He's listening, he's loving, he's processing with us, that we can process with him through these things. Now you would, you would say, well, man, why would I need a counselor? Why, why Jesus in this times? I mean, really with the holidays? I mean, what does the Bible have to say about stress? I mean, it wasn't stressful during the Bible times, it's stressful nowadays. Really? I mean, let's just think about just the Christmas story just for a minute here. Come on, how I many know the, the Christmas story just in and of itself is extremely stressful? I mean, a teenage girl has a visitation from an angel. An angel tells her, oh, Mary, you favored one. You're going to bear a child, and the Holy Spirit is going to birth a child or put a child inside of you. Come on, how I many know? That's a little bit stressful. You got to go to mom. Mom, I'm pregnant. Who's the guy? The Holy Spirit. Sure, I've heard that one before. Okay. The Holy Spirit and pregnant. And then on top of that, so you got some stress that comes along with that. And then, and then Joseph and her were engaged, and now she's got to go tell Joseph. And so there's the family drama that's going to be attached to that, of that she has, she's having a baby out of wedlock. And then on top of that, 
She's got to go to Bethlehem at nine months pregnant. She's got to go to Bethlehem and she's got to ride to Bethlehem. It wasn't in a Tahoe. It was in a donkey. Any of y'all ever ridden with a pregnant woman that's nine months pregnant in a car? Stressful? All the husbands are like, I ain't falling for that one. Mm -mm, No, it was delightful. Liar, liar. Add, it wasn't in a Tahoe. It wasn't in a truck. It was on a donkey. She rode a donkey all the way to Bethlehem. And then to get to Bethlehem and Joseph forgot to make reservations. Come on, stressful, stressful. Any guys in here, you have failed to do something. Your wife reminds you that you failed to do something. Mary's like, mm-hmm. Where are we staying? The Hilton? Uh, no, we're staying at the Manger Inn. All right. And then she gets, she gets into a horse stable, dark, dirty, and she gives birth. Like, stressful. Has anybody given, who, mama's in here. Who's giving birth in here? Would any mama in here call giving birth delightful? Easy. Stressful, right? With no epidural. No, no epidural. My wife did no epidural the first time. Let's just say the other two were like, epidural, please. And so no epidural. And here she gives birth. And we think like, I guess, I guess there's this imagination that because it's Jesus, like Jesus just like, you know, slid on out and he's like, hello, glad to be here. You know, like he came out like a full grown man or something like he, I mean, there was travail. She had to push. I mean, all of that, there was stress that came with that. And then on top of that, finally, Jesus is born. And then you have the king that is so threatened by the fact that the real king has been born that he says, let's put out an issue that every child that's under two needs to be slaughtered. Come on, how many know? Stressful. 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 And so we have a savior who was birthed into one of the most stressful situations, one of the most messiest situations, just to remind us that he can come into our stress and our mess and he can do something with it. So Jesus comes into that. And so we have an opportunity in the midst of the stressfulness of our season to know that we serve a savior who understands what it's like to be in stressful situations. Now let's take a little quiz here, all right? Think about over the last year, 2018, we're about to come to an end. Over the last year, I'm going to ask you some questions. It's yes or no answers. So think about this. You don't have to say it out loud, but think about this. Did you move? Yes or no. Did you begin or leave a job? Did, you finan- did your finances go up or down? <laughs> did you start or end school? Did you welcome a new child? Watch, we'll keep on going. Did you have health problems this year? Did you face a death in your family this year? Did you get married or divorced this year? Did you watch the Saints or LSU this year? If you said yes to any of these, you had stress this year. Right? You had some stress. Whether that was a new job or a new home, loss of income, or you're watching the Saints, you face some stress. Because life events are stressful. And, and so I, I want to share with you on the front end of this message a little bit about stress. And I want to give you some truths about stress because there's a lot of actually untrue things about stress. And so if you got some notes, which you should, or maybe you're following along on the Bible app, you can follow along on the Bible app as well and go to the notes section there on the Version app and follow along with us that way. I want to give you four things, four basic truths about stress. 
Number one, truth number one, not all stress is harmful. What? Yes, not all stress is harmful. Truth be told, life would be extremely boring if it wasn't for stress. Stress can actually be a great thing. A new home, moving into a new home, a new job, a new promotion, um, playing in an intense sports game. I know we have some athletes, some high school athletes that come to our church, playing in a game that's just intense, and it's one of those game-winning um, moments. That's extremely stressful, but it's also really, really exciting and really ex- exuberating, and it's really something that gets, you, gets your, your, your levels up, and it can be stressful, but how many know it makes you better? And oftentimes, we can have the tendency that if there's anything stressful in our life, we're like, ah, nope, nope, nope. But not realizing that, come on, how many know, as we read throughout Scripture, how many know everybody who followed Jesus also had some stress in their life? Walk out on the water. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Stretch out your hand. Go lead those people. None of that was not stressful. All of that was extremely stressful. Not all stressful is harmful. How many know sometimes God will use some stress in your life to try to get you to move because we are creatures of comfort. We like to stay right where we are, right here. And God says, I want you to go pray for that person. You're like, "Mm -mm, that's too stressful. And he's like, exactly. I need you to step out. I need you to go do something. I need you to, how many know faith takes risk and risk can be stressful? Anybody in here? That God is calling you. And sometimes the reason why we got some pressure and some stress in our life is because God is trying to get us to move a little bit and we're stuck. So he's putting some pressure there to get us to move. And so this is good stress in our lives. It's kind of like, it's, it's like these guitars that are here. Stress is a lot like it. Let me see if I can grab them. So if I break it, I buy it. All right. Um, so this, this guitar right here has strings. And... You string it, and then you've got to tune it. Now, the way that it works with, uh, with the strings on a guitar is you have to put a certain amount of pressure on it. If you put too much pressure, too much stress, it snaps. But if you don't put enough, it doesn't sound good. You can't play it. How I many know our life is a lot like a guitar? And God wants you to have stress He puts some stress on you, but just enough stress and you play it, you sound beautiful. Not enough, you're lazy and you're unuseful. Too much and you're broken down and you're stressed out. Are y'all with me? This is the way that God, no, I'm just kidding. And so, uh, and so this is how stress is. Number two, truth, truth number two is that too much stress is harmful. Wait, are you just contradicting yourself? No, see, not all stress is harmful, but too much is. And, and we can see it often in our bodies. Listen to this. 75% of, of, of all people that go into their primary care physician, most of their ailments are related to stress. 75%. 70% of people say they live sleep deprived. You know what that is? That is your body giving you warning signs that you're under too much stress. That your body will actually start telling you, hey, 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 warning, warning, no, stop, stop, too much, too much. You're always getting sick. Always running a cold, always susceptible to things that are around you because there's things that are happening inside of you. And if you have too much stress for too long of time, it can affect you physically, mentally. Stress over time that is not relieved can cause anxiety, depression, addiction, overeating, anger, guilt. And some of us are trying to wonder, why am I so upset all the time? Because you're stressed out. 
and you've had too much stress. Some people are just lazy. They don't have enough stress and enough pressure in their life to get moving. Some people, that's all their life is consumed with is a stress. And so they're feeling it physically. Migraines all the time, headaches, and we're wondering why. So we got stress, 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 which leads us to truth number three, and that is that what you perceive to be stressful to you is. What you perceive to be stressful to you is. Your perception determines how you label if it's stressful or not. I'll say that again. Your perception determines how you label if it's stressful or not. This is what I'm saying. Two people could be going through the exact same situation, and one is excited about it, and one is stressed out about it. I love meeting new people. I love preaching. That's not stressful for me. Fixing my car and working on mechanics, that's stressful for me. Some of you guys in here can work on a vehicle blindfolded, and you could do it, and it's like nothing. I put you up on here to share your testimony, you'd wet your pants. (laughs) Truth. Truth. Some of you come up here and have to do this. You would be terrified. It would be stressed. You'd be vomiting before. Like, oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. But put you in front of a motor and you can make it happen. Put me in front of your motor. You'll be stressed and I will be. Because <laughs> that's just not my thing. That's not my thing. And the same is actually true in marriage too. That men, that there may be some things that you get really, really excited and amped up about and it stresses your wife out. And you wonder why she's so stressed out about it, but you're so excited about it. It's because you're just two different totally personalities, and you look at two things totally differently. And so you're you're inviting people over to your house all the time, and you love it, and she's all stressed out. Or, or, Or it could be the opposite. And so this could work in marriage, too. This can work in relationships, too. That oftentimes what what excites and energizes some of us depletes, drains, and stresses other people out. Because the way that you see it, some of you, you get a promotion at your job and you're so pumped and you're, uh, other, you're excited. Others of you, you get a promotion and you're thinking, oh my God, how am I going to do this? Can I do this? And, and oh my God, there's so much pressure and, and, and you get stressed. Because often the way that we look at it determines how we label if it's stressful or if it's not. Hey, the same is true for, should be for people who follow Christ and people who don't follow Christ, right? People who follow Christ can go through a hardship and go, God is good. God's faithful. God's going to be with us. God's always. And then someone who doesn't know Christ is like, I don't know how I'm going to do it. That's the difference between two people who follow Christ. Come on, how many? We got faith in the midst of the hardship. It's because we got a different perspective. And so today, listen, I'm just trying to give you a little bit of a different perspective. Because that leads to actually number four. This is the biggie. Ready? That there's no such thing as a stress-free life. I just deflated your bubble. Because you were, you were waiting to live for this one day where I make enough money or I, I have enough vacation or I just do enough stuff and then I'm going to live the stress-free life. Or my, I just can't wait till my kids are older. I just can't wait. to. And yes, there will be reliefs in some of those areas. But how many know you'll just get stressed in other ways? You know, for those that are like younger, you're like, man, I just can't wait till I'm, uh, my kids are teenagers. And then all those that have teenagers in here and be like, I wish they were younger. <laughs> Come on, any parents of teenagers in here? <laughs> I wish they were two again, okay? I wish they were moved out. <laughs> and then you wish they were back. And then it's, so it's, it's, it's perception, but there's no such thing as a stress-free life. Listen, a stress-free life is an illusion. It's a mirage. As soon as you get to it, you think you've arrived. It's not there. <laughs> Because stress is just a part of life. This, this, is, this isn't just Pastor Josh's words. This is Jesus' words. These aren't just mine. Look what Jesus says. John chapter 16, verse 33. I've told you these things so that in me you may have what? Peace. 
Why? Because he's the prince of peace. So you can have peace. Come on, how many know when you hang out with the prince of peace, you can have some peace. And it says, but, but in the world, when you're in the world, watch this. You, what's that next word? Everybody say that. You will have trouble. Notice, it doesn't say you may, you possibly, you could potentially. It says, no, no, no. You will have trouble. You will. But, it's a good but, but take it to heart. Because I have overcome the world. So you will. There's no such thing as a stress-free life. You're going to have stress. Listen to me closely. The key to dealing with stress in your life is not eliminating stress. It's learning how to biblically manage it. you got to learn how to biblically manage it. You're not going to get rid of all of it. You know why? Because you still have people in your life. And as long as you have people in your life, guess what you'll have? Stress. Stress. It's, it's not, you know, there's no magic genie. It's like, get that out of here. Get that out of here. You're still going to have these things in your life. And so God wants us to learn how to manage it properly. How do we do this properly? This, this happens in our lives. And when you, when you don't manage it properly, watch, listen to this. When you don't manage stress properly, it creates more stress. <laughs> When you don't manage the tension in the relationships, it creates more tension. When you don't manage your money properly, it creates more stress. When you don't manage whatever God has entrusted you, if you don't manage it properly and biblically, don't be surprised that you're more stressed out. You're more stressed out because you're doing it your way, not his way. Y'all with me? Everybody tracking? So, so let's... Let's get practical here. What is, Pastor Josh, well, what does this mean for me? I'm, man, I'm stressed out right now. How, what do I do? Okay. Let's, let me give you some truths here from the life of Jesus. Four things that you need to know to manage stress. Number one, you got to know your audience. You got to know your audience. Now, you, you, I, I wasn't surprised when I heard this because I know this stress. W- one of the, the answers that was repeatedly and resounding in the Facebook poll was the stress that people had with other people's expectations of them. So it was, if I don't go to that party, what are they going to think of me? If I don't, if I don't show up at my in-laws and what are they going to think of me? And if I don't get the perfect gift then they're going to be offended at me. And if I don't get this and everybody is living for the approval of others, you know what it is? The stress of people-pleasing. Y'all know what this is like? The stress of trying to please that mother-in-law. The stress of trying to please the children. The stress of trying to please other people. And one of the things we learned from Jesus real quickly is that he lived for the audience of one. Watch this. John chapter 5. This is red letters. Jesus Nothing I do is from my own initiative, for as I hear the judgment passed by my Father, I execute judgment. And my judgments will be perfect because, watch this, I can do nothing on my what? On my own. Now watch. Here we go. Except to fulfill the desire. I have, here's one desire I have, is to fulfill the desires of my, my Father who sent me. That Jesus lived for the approval of one 
Now I want you to tune in here. I want to see everybody's eyes on this one. If Jesus could not please everybody, neither can you. So stop trying to be better than God. Like, how many know he tried, he couldn't please everybody. They hung him on a cross. So you can't either. So guess what? Here, you know what it is? You should do this. Did y'all feel that stress just lift off? Like, you don't have to do that. Somebody's mad at you? That's their issue. You didn't come over for our Christmas, and you should have, you didn't do this. I'm sorry. Maybe see you next year. Maybe not. I bought your kids gifts, and you didn't buy my kids any gifts and all this. You didn't have to buy my kids any gifts. Sorry. Like, I'm going to live to please God. I'm going to live to take care of my family. Everybody else beyond that? If I get to you, maybe. If not, like we're living to... Here's, here's the craziest part. Listen. We live to please people who we care less about and we don't for the people we care the most about. The people we love the most get the least of us because we're trying to please the people we could care less about. Like that third uncle who could really care about anything. Like you're trying to buy him the best gift and you're stressing your kids out. Am I preaching to anybody here? Okay. Anybody feeling this? Like, I mean, I don't have to buy gifts for everybody and like have to continually go in debt and can't pay this until 2020 because I got to get everybody a gift. No, you don't. You put that on yourself. Hey, let's, let's lift that burden off. Let's lift that burden off. We only want to please one. And here's why. Listen. When you're not living to please God, you end up falling victim to pressure people and circumstances. Number two, you got to know what matters. You got to know what matters. What do I mean? One of the keys to managing stress is giving your life to what matters most. You got to give your life to what matters most. We talked about this a lot in Legacy. This idea that we want to live our life for things that really matter. I don't want to give my life, my time, my money, my affections, my energy to things that do not matter. I want to make sure that every ounce of energy that I am investing today in is in people, in God, in heaven, in the right places. And so David prays this. He says this in Psalms 39. Lord, what's those two words? What? Remind Remind me. Why does he say this? Because we always forget. We always forget, especially during the holidays. We forget. God, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered and how fleeting my life is. So here's the big question. Ready? If this was your last Christmas, you didn't get one in 2019, how would you want your family to remember you in 2018's Christmas? Stressed out, burnt out, exhausted, snappy, tired. Like, I don't know about y'all, but if you had a time clock on your life and you knew that next year you're not getting one, how would you do your Christmas differently this year than you would any other time? That's how we should do it. 
You know why? Because then we would live this, this holiday like it matters. You know what? You'd go see the people that matter. And you would say no to the people that don't matter. You would give your life to the things that matter. That's the greatest thing that we can do. And I promise you this. The more you give your life to the things that matter and less to the things that don't matter, your stress level will... Some of us are so stressed out because we're giving so much of our affection, our money, and our attention to things that don't matter. So we need to ask God, our counselor, counselor, and how I'm spending my money, spending my time, and spending my resources that you're giving me, my days, in a way that matters. And let him speak to you. Number three, you got to know when to rest. Y'all going to love me for this one. All right, here we go. So you got to know how to rest. Jesus, how many of you believe that Jesus was busy? Raise your hand. How many believe Jesus was busy? How many, what did y'all think? He's just getting a massage or something? Okay, how many believe he was busy? He's a busy man, okay? Busy guy. Everybody wanted something from Jesus. I mean, Jesus would take a boat, go to the other side, and they still would catch him. Ha-ha! <laughs> God, I can't get away from these people. He'd go to a mountain. People are there. Everywhere he went, people were, I mean, if, if, if Jesus had a Facebook or a phone, it'd be blowed up. Be, they'd be DMing them everything. Hey, I got like a little wart. Could you come? Give me a little touch. You know, just come give me a little touch, Jesus. Okay. Yeah, I mean, every, come on, that's, we're going, that would be modern day Jesus, all right, right now. Hey, can you come pray for my dog? I mean, he's dying. Can I, so Jesus is constantly getting bombarded with everybody's needs. Con, and, and he gave his life away. He was constantly pouring himself out for people. But watch this. Jesus says this in Mark 6. Jesus said, this is what he tells his guys, his 12 disciples that are with me. Hey, let's come off by ourselves and let's what? Take a break. Say it again. Take a break. Look at your husband and say, time to take a break. It's time to take a break. Watch. It's time to take a break. And we're going we're gonna to get some what? Ah, that's a good word, huh? How many of y'all like that word? Rest. We're going to get some rest. Watch. For there was constant coming and going. Sound like Christmas? Sound like the holidays? Constantly coming and going. Constantly bouncing around all over the place. Going to places. And it says, watch this. It, there was so much coming and going that they didn't even have time to what? Come on, that's demonic. That is demonic right there. Hey, if we're coming and going, at least we're going to eat at places. All right, we're going to grab some food. If they're constantly coming and going, and Jesus says, hey, time out. Up, up. Hey, guys. We need to get away by ourselves for just a little bit. We need to take a break. We need to get some rest. Because here's why. Listen. Because if you don't take a break, you will break. And I am preaching to myself. You're talking to a pastor who loves to work. I love work. I love it. I love ministry. I love meeting with people. I love helping people. I love all that stuff. I love it. So did Jesus. The problem, though, is when we think we're better than Jesus. And we think we can go seven days when he only went six. Y'all know, y'all know in the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not, you know, 
Don't be taking no other man's wife. Don't be doing all those things. We all agree that the Ten Commandments are big, right? You know, one of them is to honor the Sabbath. Let me ask you this question. Why is all nine of them really important in our life, but one of them is optional? Why is the Sabbath like, well, if I get around to it, I'll, I'll maybe take a little break. You know that when God created the heavens and the earth, the Bible says that he worked for six days and on the seventh day, what did he do? He rested, right? Here, listen to me. He did not do that because he was tired. God doesn't get tired. He did that because he was modeling to you and me what it looks like to work six and take one seven off. He said, Pastor Josh, you don't know my schedule, man. I'm just crazy. I'm all over the place. There's just no way. They're working me like crazy right now. I'm in a season right now. I'm just like, I don't. I'm just, as your pastor, as one who loves you, and as one who's working through this myself, know that if you stay at this rate for this long, and you don't take a break, and you don't take a nap, and you don't recover, you will break down. Like, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when. And, I, and I've had people who are much wiser than me speak into my life and encourage me to take Sabbath. My day off is Friday for all those that want to know. I do everything that I possibly can not to answer your phone calls on Friday. That's not for just me. That's actually for you too. Because a pastor who is somebody to everybody is nobody to everybody. And what I have learned is that oftentimes I've given my best to everybody else and my family gets the rest. And that often happens to us. We give our best to our jobs. We give our best to other people. We say yes to everything else. And then our family gets the rest. They get the leftovers. And a part of Jesus, he knew this. He knew that, guys, in order for us to be more effective, in order for us to reach more people, we've got to step away We've got to take a break. We've got to take a nap. I say this every time I preach on something like this. Today, go home, take a nap. Your pastor has demanded you to go home and take a nap today. Like rest. Lock your door if you've got a lock and tell your kids just to go play somewhere. Just, just go. Just leave. Hire a babysitter. Just do something. Eat out. Don't cook. Use paper plates. Don't wash the clothes. Like, just rest for a minute. Yeah, it'll be there tomorrow. Yeah, it will. But at least you'll be here today with your family. Are y'all with me? Am I helping everybody here? Listen to me. And you wonder why you're stressed out. You're stressed out because you're burned out. See, l- listen, this is, this is how it works. Well, I'll get to that in a minute. Let me show you what Proverbs 17, and we're done coming to the end. We got one more point. Proverbs 17 says it this way. Watch. Proverbs 17 says, a cheerful heart is good medicine. That's why laughter is a big deal, by the way. It's fun to laugh because when you laugh, it's actually medicine to your body. A crushed spirit, though, dries up the bones. A stressed spirit dries up the bones. Hey, can I give you some encouragement this holiday season as we go into Christmas? Enjoy it. Have fun. Laugh, play games, enjoy your family. Eat tons of food. Take naps. Make memories. 
And let me help you. See, this word stressed right here? Look at this. This word stressed. Can you put that word up for me? Stressed. Thank you. You know what makes this even better? When you flip this around, this is what it means. Look at this. When you flip this around, desserts. I mean, feel the Lord. I'm just trying to preach biblically to you guys. Showing y'all, showing y'all deep things in the truth right now. So when you're eating desserts, you just be like, stress is leaving. Mm. Don't eat too much, okay? Then you got to go to CrossFit after and you work it all off. And so, but have fun. This Christmas, we're going to stay home and kind of chill out. We got a couple places we're going to go. But New Year's, my family, we're, we told our boys, we're not buying you gifts this year. Instead, we're buying you memories. And we're going on a vacation in two weeks. We're going to get away for a week and put away all of our electronic devices and reconnect as a family. And I'm not saying that because if you bought gifts for your kids, that's, I'm not saying that for that. I'm saying that because we're just realizing what matters. What matters? What matters is our family doesn't get as much time together as we should. That matters. So we're going to spend our money and invest it in that. We're going to take a rest. I'm not going to answer your phone calls that week. But in 2019, I'm going to come back ready to go. We're going to come back rested, ready. And I'm going to encourage you. You got to plan for that. You got to plan for it. Listen to me closely. If you don't make a plan, you live under the pressure and priorities of other people. You've got to make a plan for your money. You've got to make a plan for your schedule. You got to say no to some people. You'll be the bad person. Yep. They'll get over it. And if not, that's their deal. How I many know you got to take care of you? You got to take care of your family. Which leads to number four, and that is you got to know your lifeline. What allowed Jesus? to deal with the pressure and the stress of all these people that needed him was not only did it get away to take a break, not only did it get away to rest, but watch what else he got away to do. Before daybreak, it says in Mark chapter one, that the next morning Jesus got up and he went out to an isolated place to what? To pray. To pray. Listen to me. There is no greater decompression chamber for your soul than the presence of God. When you get into the presence of God and pray, get in his word, put on some of this music, just let the worship music just flood your soul. I'm going to tell you, it's like a decompression chamber. It just begins to release all the stuff that's on you. You start realizing, focusing on the thing that matters the most, the audience of one. He starts taking all these, and he starts just taking things off of you. I want you to do this. Fold your note cards, put it up. It's right there where you are. I want you to close your eyes. Close your eyes. And I want to read Matthew chapter 11 to you. I don't want you to read it. I want you to hear it. And as I read it, I want you to imagine Jesus is standing in front of you. And this is an invitation he is offering to you in this moment. This is what Matthew chapter 11 says. Are you tired? Worn out? Burn out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. 
and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me. Work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Your life with God is the foundation for everything. So, Father, in this moment, we invite you to come. But God, you invite us to come. So today, God, we come and we bring all of our stress, all of our worries, all of our fears, all of our anxieties, all the pressure, all the expectations that people have placed on us. God, we bring those to you today. God, you're our counselor. We don't want to receive wisdom from anybody else but you. If you're walked into this room and you've got some stress that's going on, I want you to just lift both hands. We're going to just release some of this today. Just lift both your hands. Just right there. You don't have to get up. Just, just right there where you are. Father, right now, God, we just symbolically, as we lift our hands, God, we just... We cast our cares upon you. We give these to you today, God. Your word says that give your worries to you for you care about us. And so God, today, Lord, we, as we lift our hands, God, we just, we release, we release it. We release it. We release these things to you. Release the burdens, the stress, the pressure, all the problems. Some of it we brought on ourselves. Some of it we didn't ask for. But God, you're inviting us today to come to you, walk with you, keep company with you, that you would strengthen us, that your grace would come and flood this house. So Father, we just give these to you today. We release these to you. And I pray, God, for a download and a deposit of the Holy Spirit in every single person today. Revive them, strengthen them, give them wisdom, help them in their decision-making. God, may this Christmas be a burden-lifting, joy-filled Christmas as they celebrate you, as we keep you, as they focus and the reason why we celebrate this season. We love you. You can put your hands down right there. I want to just pray for those in here. But the Bible says that if we want to get to heaven, if we want to have a relationship with the Father, that we must be born again. My birthday is February 21st, 1982. I have a physical birthday. But I also have a spiritual birthday. God wants you to also have a spiritual birthday, a date. And you've said, yes, I'm going all in. If you have never given your heart fully and completely over to the Lord, I'm not talking about that you haven't taken communion or gone to church. There's no church, there's no pastor, there's no priest that can ever save you. This is only what Jesus has done on the cross for you. The Bible says it's as simply as ABC. We admit that we're sinners, that apart from Christ, we can do nothing. We can't get to God on our own. That Jesus came and he lived the life that you couldn't live. He died the death that you deserve to die. That if we believe with our heart and confess that he is the Lord of our lives, 
that he will come, he'll forgive, he'll cleanse, he'll give you a new start, and you will be born again. If you're here in this place and you have never prayed for that and you want to surrender your life fully and completely over to him today, on the count of three, I want you to shoot your hand up and say, Pastor Josh, count me in. Count me in. One, two, three. If that's you, all across this room, come on. Shoot those hands up. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Come on. Come on. Now we're going to pray this all together. You can put your hand down right there, but we're going to pray this as a church. I want you just to mean it. Whether you've prayed this many times or this is your first, I want you to mean it. We say, dear Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and living a life that I couldn't live. You died a death that I deserve to die. My sins put you on that cross and yet you gave your life freely for me. You paid for my sins, my guilt, my shame, and you rose again to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Forgive me. Cleanse me. I turn from my sins and turn completely to you. I surrender my life into your hands. In Jesus' name, amen.